Welcome to this month's episode of the Cordell and Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast, a combination of views, news, and tips relating to topics and situations relevant to guys going through divorce. With tax season looming as we begin 2016, many of those who have recently divorced or separated will have many questions regarding how ending their marriage will impact their tax returns. In this edition of the Men's Divorce Podcast, we'll be focusing on many of the common questions and challenges guys face when it comes to their taxes, including how to determine your filing status, how to obtain past returns, figuring out who claims the children as dependents, navigating the first tax season after divorce, understanding the benefits offered by qualified domestic relations orders, and more. To start us off, Cordell & Cordell divorce attorney Jamie Sparrow explains that there are a number of factors that will impact your filing status. Depending on your situation, you may have several different options available that will have their own pros and cons, such as married filing jointly, married filing separately, single, or head of household. It is important to understand what the different options mean and determine which will be the most beneficial to you come mid-April. Typically, in a situation where you are perhaps recently separated or getting a divorce, um, you may be unsure about what to do about filing your taxes for the upcoming tax year. Um, There are a number of considerations that have to be um, thought out and addressed when determining what's the appropriate filing status. The first thing you should do is consult with either a CPA or an accountant, someone who is familiar with the IRS rules and regulations and can give you specific advice regarding what the IRS allows in terms of your situation. Um, You also should be aware that the IRS has special rules and regulations that are specifically directed to people who are in situations where they're separated or they're getting divorced. And some of those special rules are outlined in a publication that the IRS has available um, on their website at www.irs.gov, and it's publication number 504. And that publication outlines some of the specific exceptions that the IRS makes that apply only in circumstances where parties are separated and divorced. Um, For example, there are limited circumstances where, although the parties are not divorced, uh, they may be able to file under head of household filing status as opposed to having to file under married filing jointly or a married filing separately type of status. Um, The third thing to be mindful of is that actually tax filing status is something that can be negotiated as a part of your support or your divorce action. And there are many reasons that attorneys often become involved in negotiating what the tax filing status is going to be for that year. And that is because there are certain uh, deductions that are allowed or disallowed depending on the tax filing status of of the parties that are used. Um, The um, the question becomes, um, you know, who is going to claim certain exemptions? For example, uh, the dependency exemption for the children is a consideration that needs to be taken into account, and that is directly um, affected by the tax filing status that the parties file under. Um, there's other things that are affected by tax filing status, such as uh, eligibility for federal student loans. So if the parties have children who are of college age, um, what filing status they use may want to be planned based upon the kid's eligibility for financial aid. Um, there are also concerns of if one party wants to file a claim with the IRS for innocent spouse relief, then there has to be a special filing status used for that. Um, And finally, um, the ability to deduct 
certain forms of support that are paid can be affected based upon what filing status is chosen by a particular party. And so these are all issues that can be negotiated as part of your divorce and your support action. And so for that reason, it's important to not only talk to your attorney about this issue, but to also confer with, as, as I said previously, either a CPA you know, or an accountant to make sure you have an understanding of all these issues and how ultimately you know, they're going to affect your divorce or support matters. Well, it should come as no surprise that there may be some new complications when you are filing taxes while a divorce is pending or after it is finalized. Many people do not realize exactly what they are getting themselves into. DadsDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with Harkins Wealth Management CEO Rick Harkins about the additional challenges divorcing couples face during tax season and why it is often beneficial to obtain professional guidance to help ensure you file everything properly and take full advantage of the best options available. There are many possible implications or tax return changes caused by a divorce that you need to be aware of before you file. Rick Harkins founded the wealth management financial planning practice Harkins Wealth Management in 2008 and is a certified divorce financial advisor. As a CDFA, Rick helps clients navigate the tricky process of separating finances when marriages come to an end. When it comes to divorce and taxes, there are a number of hurdles that you must overcome. And Harkins says it's wise to seek the assistance of trained professionals such as attorneys, CDFAs, or CPAs. Well, just to name a few you know, that come to mind would be definitely the sale of a marital home if there's one. Um, many, many factors to look at there in terms of who can take um, the deduction in terms of the sales of the home, the credits, um, which really can be both people if it's done properly and, and timely. Um, a couple of other issues really are around the division of things like uh, U.S. savings bonds, annuities, life insurance, the different rules according to the income that those are producing and what's class, you know, can end up being classified really as spousal support or, you know, really be kind of dictated on what, how those assets are divided and, and what are the effects. One of the most common questions during tax season in regards to divorce has to do with whether or not child support and spousal support payments are taxable or deductible. Child support payments are neither taxable nor included in the recipient's income, while spousal support payments are both taxable and deductible depending on who is making the payments. Really the implication around well those really make sure um, what's being classified as child support, what's being classified as spousal support because, and the timing of those as well, you know, depending on when the child's at home, going off to college, et cetera, because there's a lot of tax implications and sometimes that child support can be construed as actually being spousal support um, and get pulled back into being taxable. Um, you'll be very careful around those issues and make sure the timing of things are correct in terms of child support and the ages of the children, et cetera. So. Most common questions and areas of confusion when it comes to tax season for recently divorced parents involves who gets to claim the children as dependents on their return. Cordell and Cordell divorce attorney Rebecca DeVincent explains that only one parent is able to claim their children each year, and this is typically the parent who has primary custody. However, it is possible for the non-custodial parent to claim the children, and some settlements will actually call for this arrangement, but the custodial parent must file a specific IRS release form with their return. 
Usually taxes get involved with family law issues, and if there is a specific tax tax issue, it's always best that you talk to an attorney that specializes in tax, but oftentimes there are some specific family law rules that family law attorneys can advise you on. For example, only one parent's going to be able to claim your child on a tax return. If both parents claim the child or children as a dependent when, they, when you file your tax return, then the IRS is going to flag you and you're going to be audited. Usually, a child needs to live with you for more than half of a year to be able to claim that child on your tax return. However, the IRS does have some specific rules for children of divorced parents and which parent can claim that child on your tax return. Generally, if you're divorced and the non-custodial non parent of the child may still be able to claim that child if the child received over half of his or her support from either parent. And number two, the child's in custody of either parent for more than half of the year. And number three, if you're the non-custodial parent, you need to have the custodial parent sign IRS Form 8332. This form can be accessed on the IRS website and this form is a written declaration from the custodial parent that he or she will not claim your child for that year and you need to file this form with your tax return in the year that you're wishing to claim your child. Again, this is just a general rule and there might be special circumstances depending on your specific facts in your case and who can claim your child as a dependent. A very complex aspect of divorce involves the separation of retirement assets through the use of a qualified domestic relations order, something that can have very serious tax consequences if it does not executed properly. DasDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with Cordell & Cordell divorce attorney Eric Amati-Leon about why the quadro is so important and how it can be used to avoid major tax penalties. One of the most confusing aspects of the divorce process is sorting out retirement accounts during the division of assets. Common among the end of divorce tasks is the drafting and implementation of a qualified domestic relations order, which is the legal document that instructs a retirement plan administrator on how to divide a spouse's retirement account according to the terms of the divorce decree. According to Cordell & Cordell Colorado attorney Eric Amat-Elion, these documents can be somewhat complicated to complete. QDRO is a special document that needs to be signed by the court and that is sent to the plan and only then will the plan place pay someone like an ex-spouse. Now these documents are, are very technical. Most plans do have a model that they will provide that you can fill out, but it's kind of like filling out a tax return. I mean, just because you can fill in the blank uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't have a professional taking a careful look at that and really uh, you know, drafting that so it is doing what you intended to do. You might wonder why you wouldn't just withdraw the monies from the 401k account and pay your ex-spouse directly. While that method is an option, it will lead to an additional tax burden. As an account holder, you could take a distribution and take the money yourself and then pay it to the ex-spouse. However, you're gonna have some pretty adverse tax consequences. So to begin with, you're going to have to pay tax yourself on the amount of the distribution. And in addition to that, the IRS will tag you with a 10% early withdrawal penalty. So, uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense in most circumstances to do it that way. 
To learn more about qualified domestic relations orders and other tax issues that arise during the divorce process, visit dadsdivorce.com. The first tax season after a divorce or separation will obviously be full of many new potential obstacles. Cordell & Cordell divorce attorney Jamie Sparrow explains several of the new pitfalls guys need to watch out for after they have recently separated or divorced, including your filing status, who claims the children as dependents, how itemized deductions work, how support is considered, and more. There are many things that need to be considered as far as uh, tax filing is concerned once you are separated or in the process of a divorce. And a lot of these questions arise because you typically have your first tax filing uh, coming up after the beginning of the new year. And in the past, it was never an issue because if you're married, you typically file married filing jointly. The children are claimed as dependents on the return. All the appropriate deductions are taken. And there's no issue of what's going to happen with the tax refund or who's going to owe the taxes. Uh, however, once you're separated or you're in the middle of a divorce, all that changes. And there are several things that should be considered. Uh, the first important thing is tax filing status. Um, if the parties are not divorced yet, um, there are a number of different tax filing statuses that can be claimed by the parties while they're in this period of separation. Sometimes you will see people filing under married filing joint tax status because typically that's the way to maximize the overall income that the family retains and the ultimate result is less is paid to Uncle Sam for taxes. Um, the second way sometimes people choose to file is under married filing separately status. And the only problem with this tax filing status can be that there are certain deductions that are disallowed um, whenever the parties choose to file under this tax filing status. Um, another option is there's some special exceptions that allow parties to file under head of household tax filing status when they're separated. And these are things that you can talk to an accountant or a CPA to determine what is the best way for you and your family as a whole you know to address these these types of tax filing issues um, the second consideration is dependency exemptions and a big question becomes who claims the children um, well there's several different um, answers to that question um, the IRS typically finds that the parent that is the main custodian of the children is the one that should claim them for purposes of taxes However, this is often something that is negotiated between the parties as either a part of the support proceedings or as part of the divorce proceedings. Um, there may be consideration given to who's going to get the most benefit out of claiming the children from a tax standpoint. Um, the issue of who claims the children can actually affect the amount of child support that you know, needs to be paid. Um, so there's a lot of important considerations there. Um, the next uh, issue for consideration is um, itemized deductions. In the past, when the parties filed a joint return, um, the mortgage interest for the marital home would have all been claimed on that joint return, as well as the real estate taxes. Um, when you become separated, it becomes a question of how do these types of things like mortgage interest and real estate taxes, uh, interest and dividend income get claimed by the parties if they're not going to file a joint return anymore and they're going to file separately. So this is something, again, that you need to seek the advice of an accountant or a CPA to help you determine what the IRS provides in situations where you're separated or divorced. Um, one of the, the last considerations is if there's support being paid. Um, generally speaking, if somebody is paying child support to the other party, there's no deduction um, for federal or state taxes for having to pay child support. 
Now, when it comes to other forms of support for a spouse, such as spousal support or spousal maintenance or alimony, there are special rules that allow for a payor to actually deduct that on their tax return. Um, now, there are a number of requirements and regulations that the IRS uh, wants the parties to meet in order to be entitled to that deduction. And that's something, again, that you can confer with uh, an accountant or CPA on. Um, but that is a very big benefit. And it can also be affected if you choose to file a joint return, because if the parties are filing jointly, then there can be no deduction claim for support that's being paid to that same spouse. Um, so that's another important consideration. Um, the other thing to know is typically forms of support that are paid to the spouse, um, such as alimony, not only do they um, allow for a deduction for the person paying, but typically they have to be claimed as income by the person that's receiving that money, and that person is responsible for paying income tax on that amount of support. And so, again, something that can be negotiated and needs to be taken into consideration um, during this period of separation while you're in this interim period of time. And so your best bet is to consult with a CPA or a tax advisor or an accountant and also talk to your attorney that's representing you in the divorce and the support case. And that attorney may be able to negotiate an agreement with the opposing side or if necessary, go to court and request an order from you know, the appropriate court authority to provide for you know, what should happen regarding uh, these specific, these, um, specific types of issues. Filing your taxes during divorce or separation is a major concern. It may be equally as important during the course of your case to obtain copies of your returns filed in prior years while you are still married to your spouse. Cordell & Cordell divorce attorney Jamie Sparrow explains that there are several available options to obtain copies of your returns from the IRS if you are unable to access or never actually received copies of your returns from years past. Oftentimes, when you have a, a pending divorce or a support case, your attorney may ask you to obtain copies of your tax returns and provide them to him and her for your case. So what do you do if you either don't have copies of your returns because perhaps they're in the possession of the opposing party um, or you can't locate them, um, or perhaps you filed them online and you just never retained a copy? Well, the Internal Revenue Service has two possible ways available that a person can obtain a copy of their federal income tax return. One is obtaining what's called a tax return transcript. A transcript is actually a summary of the information that was actually listed on your 1040 tax return. And there is a form um, available that you submit to the IRS. It is Form 4056-T, and there's no charge associated with this, and it allows you to obtain uh, a transcript of your tax returns for both the current tax year as well as the three prior tax years. Typically this is available within 10 business days of a request and it usually will show the information that your attorney is probably looking for including what type of income and deductions and credits were reported. Um, this is not an actual official copy of your tax return but it provides the information that was listed on the return and most attorneys will find that sufficient um, for the purposes that they're using it for. Um, there's a second option that the IRS has available where a person actually needs a copy of their actual filed return and perhaps their W-2. And in this case, um, there is another form that you submit to the IRS. Um, in this case, it's form just 4506. And you can request the current year as well as the prior six years. 
Um, there is a $50 charge per return that you're requesting. And this will provide you with an actual copy of the original tax return that was filed, um, which in some cases is um, it's more helpful to be used as evidence in court if it's the actual tax return itself. And it allows you to obtain copies of joint tax returns that were filed um, by perhaps you and your spouse while only requiring one person to sign. So you can actually obtain copies of joint returns with just you signing and you don't need to have your, your spouse or your former spouse sign to get a copy of that. Um, this information is easily accessible on the um, IRS website, which is www.irs.gov. You can also call 1-800-908-9946, and um, they will help you obtain copies of either the tax return transcripts or your actual tax returns. That's all we have time for in this month's Cordell & Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast. Hopefully this gives you some idea of the common tax challenges faced by guys after divorce and shows that it may be in your best interest to have a tax professional look over your return to ensure you did not make any mistakes that could cost you money. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for interviews, news, tips, and more covering a range of topics facing men during divorce. You can also find a number of resources on our websites at cordellcordell.com as well as our informational sites mensdivorce.com and dadsdivorce.com.